But we do have some very legitimate concerns, uh, African-Americans especially, when it comes to our interactions with the police. And the people that are making the decisions, uh, they are like they can't make an independent decision on their own. Everything has to come from Trump. And we know what he has stoked in this country. You can't even watch an ad about politics in this state with the issue that we face in this state without Donald Trump being brought up. So if that's how we're gonna live, then we don't we definitely don't need this bill. Alabama political podcast, Alabama politics this week. Josh Moon, David Person. I'm sorry, I I, I don't know what happened. I don't know it's what. It's okay. Happened. It's all right. I, I didn't. I decided that this week apparently David uh, can't introduce himself. <laughs> you were on a roll. I, I, was just, I was I was thinking about reading. And, you know, when you have a brain like mine. You, you, you know, you got to prepare yourself for reading. Uh, oh, so, uh, <laughs> no, I, I have no idea what happened, man. You do this, you know, we've been doing this for a long time now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And, it's all uh, right. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. I'm not insulted. Uh, I did not feel, uh, I am not an aggrieved party. I feel <laughs> just fine. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know what to say. If you'd like to say something bad about me, go ahead. That's okay. Nah, man, yeah. not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Hey, well, I will say this, though. Uh, yeah. Th- 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 and this is not bad about you, but uh, am, I, am I missing something or have you not done one of your uh, what I would call kick-ass columns uh, in, in, a, in a couple of weeks now? You just writing sort of investigative news kind of pieces for APR? What, what, what's well, going on? No, all right. So, um, yeah, so, you know, we... That we got a couple of other businesses uh, that that we that we do that I, that you know I handle some work for, and uh, we have been just covered up uh, okay. for the last couple of weeks, and so I have done what I could do when needed uh, for APR. But we've got some good people there now. We've got uh, Eddie Burkhalter, J- uh, yeah. Jacob Holmes, John Henry. You you're writing yeah. columns over there, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, and so we've got. You know, we, and we got a number of people who were writing very good, especially, you know, when you when you came along and started doing columns. I mean, we had, you know, a reliable person that we could, you know, put in there and, and do that all the time. We knew would have a good perspective and stuff. And so it's, it really has. I mean, we, me and Bill talk about it all the time, about how much, how good your columns are. And oh, so, thanks. Uh, yeah, it, and they are. They really are. And and so, it, it you know, we've it's not intentional or anything. And I'll be back at some point to write shit that Republicans hate. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, well, I've been uh, listening, you know, and, 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 and this is not, you know, and you know, uh, me well enough to know I'm not just blowing smoke here. I have literally, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. I've been a fan 
of Josh's columns uh, for uh, probably close to 15 years now. I'm, I think I think it goes back that far when I used to do a radio show. I remember uh, I would read your columns and I actually interviewed you. You don't remember, but I remember. I interviewed you uh, about one of your columns because yeah, we've had this discussion, so, and I I swear Dave is lying about this. There's not. It's, I mean, I, the truth. maybe I did. Yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. Well, see, you've probably done so many radio interviews you just don't remember. But yeah. I've been a fan of your column writing for years, and in fact, the thing I think that I found uh, most refreshing. And this this is going to really show my age. But I grew up in Chicago reading a guy uh, as a child. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Chicago reading columns by this brilliant guy named Mike Royko. Mm -hmm. Mike Royko, he used to write columns for the Chicago Sun-Times. Absolutely brilliant. Right. And and uh, he had a real sort of. Um, you know, he had a way with creating characters and columns, just really creative stuff. But he also wrote some really good, again, I'm going to use the term kick-ass, just some mm -hmm. really good kick-ass kind of political columns, really holding Chicago politicians accountable. And I think that's what attracted me to your column writing, because you, you know, you have without question done the same thing through the years. And, and that's important, man. We need that in this state now more than ever. And so well, I, I want to see I want to see you get back to the column. Right. I understand you got other stuff to do. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. but I want to start seeing some more of your columns. In the, well, I, I, I'm a, I appreciate all of that. I do. And I appreciate I, I appreciate somebody noticing that they're missing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, it's always nice. Uh, but uh, you know, I, uh, nobody else, not even my wife, you know, noticed that they were missing. Yeah, I mean, she's you not. Know, of course, you have to read them to know they're missing, I guess. Uh, but uh, uh, the uh, yeah, but no, it's uh, I appreciate all that, and, and I will, I will. We'll, we'll, it'll it'll settle down some uh, here. We're we're about to the point where I, I think I've gotten some things uh, uh, you know leveled out, and so I'm hoping that next week, if not next week, the next, uh, that we'll, I'll be able to to get back kind of in a more regular flow of writing some some columns and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, you know, listen, um, it's. Um, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. But but today, yeah. today we, we yeah. got it. We got a good show. We got it. We do. We we've uh, a representative Ralph Howard's going to come on. He's got a uh, a bill about minimum wage uh, that he wants to talk about. And he's also got a couple of lottery bills uh, out oh, there that uh, he sure. wants to wants to discuss uh, as well. Uh, they have zero chance of passing, but you know we'll talk about them. Um, and so um, you know, but before that, we have. I, I want to read you a letter, and I'm trying to decide. I'm going to change it just a little bit so as not to give it away, okay? Because I want you to imagine when this letter was written. Um, let me see where I want to start here in this letter, because uh, I don't want to start at the beginning, because I think if I start at the beginning... Um, all right, I'll just start. Your delegate to the Huntsville uh, United Daughters of the Confederacy Convention may have reported to your chapter my election and a state position for the new year. One of the first things I wish to ascertain is if there are any teachers in the public schools of Alabama who are teaching the children that Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee are all and all the Confederate soldiers and followers were traitors. 
I think it is very important that your chapter should interview the incoming superintendent of the public schools of Montgomery with a view of ascertaining from the teachers employed for the incoming year their attitude toward this subject. In case any one of them is so illy informed as to be teaching this false history, the truth of the matter should be placed in their hands with a view of having the coming generations realize that what the South fought for was some kind of the same kind of independence as our revolutionary fathers fought for when they felt their interests, both social and economic, were jeopardized by their mother country. Whether secession were wise or unwise, it was constitutional under the federal compact when each state joined the federation or union of states. I do not think we could do a better plate, a piece of work during the coming year than to look into this grave situation. Hmm. Now, I, I mean, it seems like maybe hmm. something that was written in the last few weeks. Hmm. Could have been. Yeah. I mean, with Could've all been. that's been going on, you know, with, yeah. uh, it was actually written. May the 10th, 1936. Mm. And it came from uh, the historian for the state of Alabama there, uh, Miss Bankhead Owens. Uh, and our friend uh, Kyle Whitmire did a, a really, really good story about uh, Marie Bankhead Owen and how she worked behind the scenes influencing politicians and school leaders uh, and putting pressure on textbook companies and superintendents to rewrite the history of the Civil War uh, and to frame the South in a less hostile way uh, towards uh, uh, black Americans uh, at the time, uh, former slaves and slave families, uh, you know, that she is largely responsible for the ill-informed history teachings that have plagued this state and now lead to, has now led to so many of our state leaders actually believing bullshit like the Civil War was not about slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, it mm-hmm. is, I, I mean, she, she was in a very powerful family. She was an unabashed racist. Um, didn't hide it. Never did hide it. Uh, she was put in charge of the archives, and uh, she used that position and her family's power and position uh, to wreak havoc, basically, uh, on generations of uh, of of school kids uh, because mm. they learned this nonsense uh, from her. Mm. I, and. and if you doubt the power of what she did, just consider what's taking place right now, where we have so many people who are fighting tooth and nail against woke culture. And let me just say, for the record, if you use the word woke in any sort of a serious, demeaning way, is that you believe that saying woke like that is somehow getting your point across better that we need to not do something. I immediately think of you as an idiot. 
Okay. <laughs> immediately. I immediately know that you are a moron who has been influenced by con men uh, and people who have their own self-interest at heart. All right. I, I immediately know that and that you're a sucker for all the dumb shit that they've said. So, um, but that, <laughs> it's, I mean, honest to God, man, have you ever seen True Detective, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson? Yeah, I actually have. Yeah, and uh, where where McConaughey gives that time is a flat circle thing, uh, you know, um, it, it is. Mm. I mean, it's like we we're just on this on this merry-go-round of racism. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and we never get off, and we never learn from anything that we ha- that happens to us. We never learn. We never carry the lesson forward. We never look mm. at back and say, "Boy, that was dumb shit. We shouldn't do that anymore," because we do it again, like fifteen years later. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? They used to say what goes around comes around. That's sort of a variation on that and and other yeah. sort of, uh, yeah, you know, history cyclical. And, and it is. And it and it's the, you know, it's because, you know, uh, and I wrote my last column for APR that I wrote was about this sort of um, this deeply embedded uh reality when it comes to white voters in the state of Alabama in particular, mm-hmm. but, but white voters even beyond that and how, uh, we are sort of mired in this, this, uh, this fear, this, 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 this fear and ignorance about, about history and about race and about, uh, what the, what the implication of black people being able to vote might be. And mm-hmm. to me, what you just talked about is, is all part and parcel of that conversation because the reason to rewrite history, to absolve people of heinous sins, mm-hmm. like the enslavement of people, the use of Jim Crow, uh, you know, tactics to, uh, to terrorize and to kill and to uh, hurt people, ultimately is all about trying to preserve power and part of the preservation of power is depriving people of the right to vote and suppressing the vote. It's Mm -hmm. all tied in together. And, and that's why I, I just continue to say that unless and until we, we confront in a meaningful way, we have to confront what's at the root of everything and do it honestly you know, you know, truth and reconciliation commission or whatever you want to call it. Until we do that, we are going to be trapped, Josh, in this sort of flat circle of time that that you were talking about. Well, you know, I'll tell you another thing that that people have said to me a lot Um you know, because I, I wonder why we cling to, to, to certain things so much. Um, and, and, I, and I wonder why a lot of, of poor white people, um, you know, advocate or vote for or endorse things that ultimately uh, harm them. Um, and, you know, I've heard a lot of people say if if you tell a poor white person that he can get a leg up on any black person. He'll vote against his own interest every day of the week. And it was interesting reading Kyle's story and I really 
you know, I recommend it to, to anybody to, yeah, to go and read this to, about her. Go back um, and, um, and, but it was interesting reading that about Bankhead Owen and about how she sold out the women's suffrage movement, uh, you know, the, women getting the right to vote. She was against it. And the reason she was against it, no lie, this is a public record of this. The reason she was against it is because she didn't want black women to get the right to vote. Mm. So she was got, she was willing to give up her right to vote to ensure that black women and and ultimately black men never received the right to vote, and and so it, that's that's what we've dealt with. And these are the people, you know, in, in some way that we honor with a lot of the Confederate statues and memorials and things like that. That's what they thought. This is how, this was the thinking. You, you can paint this rosy picture of these people just minding their own business and, oh, they, you know, they just didn't want the oppressive North coming down and telling us how. This is how they thought about things. Yep. They were callous. They were yep. hateful. They treated other human beings like property. Uh, like uh, worse than animals in a lot of in a lot of cases. Uh, you know they would they would beat them uh, to the uh, and uh, torture them and kill them and it was it it was an atrocious atrocious life that they led and the idea that we would look back on any portion of that and and honor it in some way. And pretend as though that's a heritage that somehow holds meaning for us is has always been to me the dumbest shit I have ever heard. What are you talking about? Your heritage? What heritage? What? What? How is a murdering? Uh, you know, uh, what? What? Yeah. Oh, well, it's, the mean, height of, it's the height of delusion, man. Uh, it's just so. I mean, it's, it's like. They're so concerned. I, I've never. I can't even. I can't even adequately dis- describe it. Like, what are you when you say that's my heritage and I want to honor it? What is your heritage? The uh, you know what what ex- define for me what you're what what you're saying with that? You know what what are you what what are you holding up? What are you honoring with that? Yeah. To me, it's almost it's almost analogous to a person trying to get from. Uh, their front door to uh, to the curb, and and but their dog has pooped all <laughs> along the the walkway. And Boy, so I know what that. I know that feeling. And what they're doing is they're saying, "Okay, so this is the way to get to the curb. This one way, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, and we're going to walk that way, but we're going to pretend that we don't see the poop down there." Yeah, we're just going to walk, and we're going to act like the the sidewalk or, or the walkway is clean. When you know it's not, it's full of poop. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it, it. And you have a conversation with somebody, yeah. and it falls apart immediately. I mean, that you know, their their ideas and and this uh, this idea of heritage shit, it, it falls apart almost mm-hmm. immediately when you start talking about. Well, okay, well, so. Slavery, you're honoring, you're honoring Jefferson Davis for, for slavery. Well, no, he was, uh, he was a, a great man. Oh, okay. And in, in what way? 
Uh, you know, well, he he was, uh, you know, he was first president of the Confederacy. Yeah, the Confederacy formed for slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, and it's just, and it goes, and it's a snowball. And even when they talk about their own family, you know, they're like, well, okay, where did anybody in your family fight in the war? Well, yeah, I had uh, some distant relatives who fought for the for the South. Not well. You are you proud of that? Well, I think they were fighting for their own land. Well, were they? Do you know that for a fact? <laughs> right. I mean, they didn't have to. They could have done other things, uh, you know. Uh, and, and it's just, it, it all falls. And, and even, you know, you're like, well, okay, well, what is this heritage of the South then that, that you're upholding? Well, it's the heritage of the South that's, you know, the, the our lifestyle. Uh, the lifestyle of owning slaves? Is that <laughs> what you, I mean, you know, it just doesn't. You know, you right. can't get around it, man. It's, that's, uh, that's right. A lifestyle predicated upon a whole that it was contingent upon slavery because yeah. without slavery, you weren't going to have that lifestyle. Right. No. And no, it was you the weren't. Foundation. It was it's the exactly foundation. right. You didn't, you didn't, uh, it's like they said in Hamilton, man, it's because it's you didn't pay for labor, man. You know, that's right. It's, exactly. It's, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, a whole uh, economy just, based on, on, on the coerced, violently yeah. coerced labor from a group of people. That you singled out because of the color of their skin and where they're from. It's essentially like uh, the dudes in in college football parading around talking about what great businessmen they are. You don't pay for the labor. You know, it's just, you're not great businessmen. You know, you figured out a a, a free labor market is what you've done. Uh, It's just, you know, that's the sort of, and I'm not, listen, I'm not comparing college athletes to slaves. Okay. I'm not doing that. All right. I'm just saying the economic system is similar. That's all I'm saying. All right. You're not paying for the labor. Uh, And and so it, it just, that, and the idea that, okay, Let's say your great great grandfather owned some slaves back there. You know, I don't feel the need to protect that dude. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you mm-hmm. know, and what he did does not make me feel bad because I am totally against that, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm perfectly fine saying that dude was probably an asshole. <laughs> I, I mean, I've had people literally, I, I swear to God, man, this is true. I've had people literally write me and, and leave me voicemail at, at the advertiser when I worked there saying, I guarantee you that somebody in your family owns slaves. So how you feel about that? And it's like they're trying. I don't know what point they're trying to prove. You yeah. know, I, I yeah. mean, OK, I listen, I don't doubt it either. I'm not proud of those people. Um uh, and they, I don't feel like I need to protect that heritage in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, there's something. There is something pretty bizarre about that logic. That you know, so for some reason, people feel like an indictment of their ancestors automatically is an indictment of them. That's a pretty yeah. strange way to think about things. People that you didn't know, whose lives over whom you had no control, over which mm-hmm. you had no control. And yet you're supposed to feel, uh, you know, like you got to protect what they did. They did what they did. They did what they did. And that's for all of us. I mean, whatever our ancestors have done, we have no control over that. What we have control over, though, is whether or not, you know, what we have done with what they have left us. Mm -hmm. You know, the cultural legacy, the financial legacy, the political legacy. 
And, and that's what we're grappling over. We're grappling over the reality that people who have come from a legacy of white supremacy and white privilege, you know, have a responsibility to address and correct to whatever extent is possible the, the results of what, how that legacy is impacting those of us who are alive today. You mm-hmm. can't pretend that, you know, you can't pretend that stuff didn't happen and that it didn't create the situations we have now. So we got to correct the situations we have now. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the other thing that, that always gets me is this argument of, well, that's just the way it was then, you know? And, uh, and so, well, but this is the way it is now. Okay. I mean, you know, we, we, we know what they did, you know, we know what they were fighting for and we know that it was wrong, Mm -hmm. whether or not they had justified it in their minds in some way and got a lot of other people to go along with it. I don't know. You know, maybe that's what took place back then, but now we know that that dude in that monument was fighting to enslave other human beings and we ought to take that shit down. Why is that so hard? Right. And the other thing, too, Josh, is, you know, we 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 sometimes I think the way we make our arguments, it may sound like we think that uh, that white people were monolithic on this issue back then. Yeah, they actually right. were not. No, they you weren't. Know, there were plenty of white people who knew that the Confederacy yep. was wrong. There were plenty of white people who took who knew that slavery was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, from John Brown to uh, William Lloyd Garrison. And, and there were some prominent women back in those days who took strong white women who took strong stands against slavery and, and, and the supporting infrastructure. So, you know, you can't even really say that. You know, there wasn't evidence back, like there was some, well, that's just the way they thought back then, Mm -hmm. because they they actually didn't think that way. (laughs) Right. Yeah. There were a lot of people. There there are a lot of stories of of people in the South fighting for the North, Um, you know, because they knew it was wrong. They knew what was going on was wrong and they didn't agree with it. And, um, you know, so you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people got caught up in the in the culture of the time, I would say, and and fought for uh, a cause that was very, very poor. Uh, and, and did, did some very bad things. You know, they're not unlike a lot of the people who got caught up on January 6th and did some really yes. dumb shit and who all went before judges talking about how bad they felt and how they wish they hadn't done it and how awful it was. I think a lot of the same sort of sentiment, not maybe not to the same level, uh, but the same sort of sentiment and thing applies. And, you know, it just, <sighs> It's just frustrating to me that we've done this, that we've we've uh, just perpetuated this uh, lost cause theory of the Civil War. We've pushed it on children um, to uh, to appease really a a minority of people here. Mm -hmm. We've done this to to appease them uh, because they were the loudest wheel uh, making the most noise. And, you know, and that's and we've ruined the. What what should be it's no doubt in my mind. I'll say it like this: There's no doubt in my mind. Had we not allowed uh, the Bankhead Owens people to influence textbooks and classrooms the way that they did, that we would still have all these monuments and all this nonsense for the Confederacy right now today. 
Oh, yeah, I, I agree completely. In fact, it still stuns me that uh, that the daughters of the Confederacy were given that kind of influence over education in our state, even into the 1990s. Mm-hmm. I think I told you uh, the story about how my uh, my first ex-wife used to teach in one of the North Alabama school systems, her first job mm-hmm. teaching in one of the North Alabama school systems uh, on the elementary school level. And a, um, and a woman who was with the Daughters of the Confederacy was scheduled, not by her, but by, I guess, her principal or something, to be a speaker in her classroom. So this is going back uh, almost 30 years ago and um, in the 1990s. And, and the woman was telling the black children how they should be grateful that their <laughs> ancestors were enslaved because slavery brought them to America and out of that, you know, primitive, quote unquote, primitive uh, culture there on the African continent. And then it also introduced them to Jesus Christ. Now, those both of her assertions were about as asinine as and and historically inaccurate as as anything I've ever heard. Because, first of all, uh, you know, there were, um, you know, if you if you do any real study of the cultures and the nations of Africa, you realize that. that uh, yeah, they have their primitive sections and, and areas, uh, but uh, you know those things didn't uh, weren't always that way. There were kingdoms in Africa. There was scientific discovery in Africa. Um, if you look at the works of people like Ivan Van Sertima, that's really clear. Uh, additionally, you can't divorce the state of the African continent from colonialism. Mm-hmm. So to act like it just happened because. These people are just inferior, uh, or to imply that, is utterly ridiculous. Uh, you know, they, they were colonized. Now, let's deal with the Christian thing. Well, that's also asinine, because Christianity actually was in Africa before it was in America. Cradle mm-hmm. of civilization. That's right. You know, the truth of the matter is, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, um, the Judeo-Christian history in Africa goes at least you know, without even straining, I can say that it goes at least as far back as the Queen of Sheba. And and I would even argue and, and could do, I won't get into all that, this on the podcast today, but I would argue it goes back to the very beginning of biblical history. But mm-hmm. certainly, um, but certainly it's real easy to ascertain that, uh, that, that, that Judaism was on the African continent uh, before it was in Europe or America, mm-hmm. and Christianity was on the African continent before it was in Europe or America. That's documented stuff. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know, but listen, man, never doubt the ability of a white person to believe what they want to believe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> never, never, ever doubt it. All right. We got to slide out. Uh, we're going to come back. Representative Ralph Howard's going to join us and, and talk about uh, his, uh, some legislation he has up and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back in a minute. Alabama politics this week.
I'm David Person with Alabama Politics This Week. You know you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends and also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to. Thanks a lot. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama politics this week. Uh, Josh Moon, David Person. Um, I introduced you again, David. My bad. Uh, but <laughs> David don't get to speak for himself, apparently. Uh, I don't know why I keep doing it. Uh, but we are happy now uh, to is be joined because by... because I'm black? Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> you caught me. You caught me. After all this time, I've been, my true colors have been revealed. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, are, uh, we are happy now to be joined by Representative Ralph Howard. Uh, and, and we were just talking... Uh, right before you came on, uh, and first of all, thank you for for coming on and spending some time with us. And um, but we were talking about the anti riot bill that is being pushed by Republicans in the in the state legislature uh, now. That uh, is is really it's not really an anti riot bill. It's really an anti uh, minority protest bill is what it is. Uh, and, and everybody knows that's what it is. It was, it was crafted after the, the George Floyd protests and, and when, you know, people were marching, uh, and there are a lot of changes and a lot of, uh, our conservative, uh, friends, uh, didn't care for the changes that, that came from those protests. And so that this is a way to squash those protests. And a lot of them very, very similar to things that took place in the 1950s and sixties. Um, but, you you had you you were giving us a, a perspective on that, uh, Representative Howard, about in talking about your son and the police, and I, I wish you would kind of go back into that if you don't mind. Yeah, I can go back into it. I, this morning when I woke up to the news of these this fourteen year old in the mall in a fight, and you could clearly see that they were passing some licks. One was set down, one was handcuffed with two police on his back. And just the, the nature of the atmosphere in this country, uh, when, when people look at our former president and his statement, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Mm-hmm. From the highest level, from the highest level, and you know, Josh, I'm a former United States Marine, love this country, fought for this country, um, and I've always lived a life of respecting people for who they are not because of your race or anything. But we do have some very legitimate concerns, uh, African-Americans especially, when it comes to our interactions with the police. And the people that are making the decisions, um, they are like they can't make an independent decision on their own. Everything has to come from Trump. And we know what he has stoked in this country. You can't even watch an ad about politics and this state with the issues that we face in this state without Donald Trump being brought up. So if that's how we're going to live, then we don't we definitely don't need this bill. We don't need it. Um, the police on the ground, uh, they're going to be the true professionals. Uh, they have the discretion to make a lot of decisions. 
that you can't say that police can't police anymore. And then these things about defunding the police. Nobody ever wanted to defund the police. But we wanted the police to be accountable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it is, um, it, it's, it's bother, so bothersome to me to, to watch them uh, you beat police at the January 6th riots in, in, in D.C., which was an actual riot. Uh, you know, that's what a riot looks like. Uh, you know, that when, that's right. That's- yeah. Uh, when you're, when you're beating cops and tasing them and, spay- and spraying them with chemical sprays, uh, that, that's a riot, uh, you know, that, that we're having. Uh, under this bill, you know, well, I don't think people realize that under this bill, you know, the, the truckers that they're cheering on up in Canada over the vaccine issue, um, in Alabama, if they protested like that under this bill, they could be arrested. Um, yeah, you could you could arrest every single person that was on the Capitol grounds, not in the building, just on the grounds on January 6th under this bill, um, because they're all part of the riot because they were present when the riot took place. Um, and the riot is defined by the police who were there. It it seems to me it very reminiscent of the. Old Alabama Bull Connor, and I've called it the Bull Connor Bill, um, tactics of of arresting protesters in an attempt to ruin their lives, uh, put them in jail for an extended period of time, because that's what this bill also does, and ruin their lives, uh, cost them their employment, you know, parade them in front of uh, of their peers within you know where they live and this then becomes who they are and it and it ruins their lives and discourages protests and uh, you know I, am I wrong about any of that no not at all Josh do you think I could go in the well of the house right now pull out the American flag and go out there and start beating the crap out of one of those state troopers and not get shot mm. Mm. no no mm. And they'll see this pin on me, state legislator. I can go and get a flag and just just beat a state trooper mercilessly. Just mercilessly. Couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. No. No. Mm-hmm. Nor, nor should anybody be able to, you know? Right. No. So Represent- this, this is the climate, this atmosphere that we're, we're working with. State Representative Howard, I wanted to ask you uh, about what happens if this bill is passed. Do you anticipate... Any legal action to challenge its constitutionality? Of course. It seems like everything that we're passing now has some constitutional issues. Yeah. Uh, once it happens, uh, you know, you're, you're basically trying to take somebody's constitutional right or free speech away from them. I don't condone anybody damaging any property, government or anybody else's property, but you should... Um, People will protest. People will block streets from time to time. People will, if, if I can't go block a street, but the people that are upholding, the people that went killed and maimed and destroyed are okay. We have young kids. What about these 18, 19, 21-year-olds that have seen um, and hear about, take for example, the Boston Tea Party. Classic example. Mm-hmm. And these young people 
for what they're fighting for and blocking the street, it really does not equate to them. So it's and a lot of old people too. Hey, we're going to go out and we're going to do a little civil disobedience. And this is a way that you're right. Now you got a criminal record. You're standing up for someone uh, like what happened to George Floyd, someone that was clearly murdered by the police in front of everybody in this world eyes. Now you have a tool to get back at those folks. Right. Another thing that occurs to me um, is uh, representative is that um, it, it so often seems to be that we frame things based on our comfort levels. So if you get 10,000 people in the street in Tuscaloosa after, you know, uh, the Crimson Tide wins a championship or something, <laughs> nobody's afraid. Nobody's saying, oh, my God, we've got to pass laws to keep this. You know, this could be, a, a you know, even if property is damaged, even if if the flow of life is disrupted, nobody's going to pass a law as a result of that. But you get a thousand people out on the street to peacefully protest the the killing of black men. And then, oh, my God, you know, this is something that's going to disrupt society. It puts us in danger. We need to pass a law. I mean, do you do you do you does does the way I'm analyzing the way we're framing it and how people look at it? Does that make sense to you? It does. And what and what it shows is. David, it shows the hypocrisy in this building. And some of the good things that other states do, they don't consider it. But when other states jump on things uh, that are more controversial, mm-hmm. they don't worry about it at all. So they say, well, did anything happen in the state of Alabama that we need to pass this bill? No. No, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and that's why when they were come down and the, the hypocrisy is so evident well they're doing it in 25 other states or they're doing it in 15 other states think about some of the good things that people are doing go look at the prison system yeah go look at the prison systems in some of these other states go look at the school systems in some of these other states um, so you're framing it exactly what they're doing. It's just all based on fear that's not there. It's all based on the atmosphere that we're living in. I never thought, um, I've been in Montgomery for 18 years, that politics would be this tribal. There's no common sense behind it. There's not. And And something you said, um, you know, about uh, things happening in this state. You know, it occurred to me that there was a thing that happened regarding a protest in this state, and it was in Huntsville. Uh, that was probably, it was the only, as far as I'm aware, it was the only protest in this state in which tear gas was employed by, or deployed by the police. And uh, I believe now, if we go back and look, unless you are just a hardline pro-police former cop person, I think even among most 
conservatives and Republicans now, looking at the totality of what occurred in Huntsville, it is now painfully obvious that the police started that whole thing, that, you know, that it was a peaceful protest from start until what was going to be the finish of it. And it was police action that pushed, that ratcheted it up and turned it into what they determined was a riot. So the only time in, in the and the state in which in the last, I don't know how many years, that we've had any sort of a national incident, so to speak, was this thing in Huntsville. And now you've given power to the very people who screwed that whole thing up. And, and they always come with, we have law enforcement day. We have, well, we just do bills for law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I appreciate law enforcement. Our friends that are in law enforcement. Um, it's just like the service. When you join the service, I volunteered and I didn't expect for it to be an easy ride. Um, so you, we respect law and we need them. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, there, there are people that don't care about what you've worked hard for and what you tried to do. Um, but there's such an emphasis. And when they have law enforcement days, um, it's like it's something that we a big problem that we have that we're trying to solve. Well, unless it's uh, they listen to them, unless it's you know not a, not approving permitless carry, you know, and in that case, they listen to the NRA dollars. Well, you know that that bill. I'm an avid gun owner, avid hunter. I collect guns. Uh, a law-abiding citizen should not have an issue. This is not about your right. Mm-hmm. This is about an attempt of the government to try to solve crimes and to keep us safe. I carry a gun. I have a permit. Um, and I'm not, you know, it's not the end of the world that I have to go get my permit. Right. I, I go get it for as long as I go get it. And we go pay for a driver's license. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This, this is not an assault. I don't see it as an assault on anybody's right. It never stopped anybody from going to buy a gun, not going to buy bullets. Um, <laughs> yeah. so. what, but what what uh, representative what do your cons- I'm really curious to know what do your conservative colleagues say to the law enforcement people who they have always claimed to be, you know, uh, so loyal to and so in sync with. What do they say when law enforcement is looking them dead in the face and saying, you are hampering us with this attempt to pass this bill? You're going to make you're going to make law and order tougher to maintain. What do they say in response to that? You know, I I went and read about 10 pages of literature that we received about this bill. And it all came from states that had passed once, once again, we're back at this was done in other states. Mm-hmm. Why can't the state of Alabama have a little common sense for itself? And, and everything that I read was about what had happened in other states. Um, and I'm not saying that it's not true, but, you know, we really can't verify that if you're going to pass a bill based on a stack of paperwork that, you know, probably came from the NRA. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, no we doubt. Should, we, yeah, we should be yeah. uh, more vigilant than that. And you look at the you look at the makeup. These sheriffs and police chiefs, 
They're from all stripes, all colors. And they have came down here faithfully saying that we need this tool to get, you know, most folks don't go out and buy a gun and then just turn out, they go buy it illegally. That's, that's a tool to get an illegal gun off the street. So when you pull up to a car and you ask somebody, do you have a, a pistol, you have a permit, then if they can't show you that permit, you take the gun. You just got an illegal gun off the street. It's that simple what they're trying to protect. But then when one of these criminals, one of their kids get caught in the crossfire, or one of their kids are murdered by one of them, then who do you turn to? When they've probably been stopped and can nobody say anything to them. And then that's what's going to happen. You can't, do you have a gun? Do you have a permit? Oh, yeah, I got a gun, but I don't need a permit. You can't even check then to see whether the gun is stolen. And most of the, there are a lot of stolen guns out there. Responsible gun ownership is another thing that they should be talking about. Uh, uh, Josh, you know those old gun cabinets that had a big picture of the eight point on it with the mm -hmm. glass that's real thin? Mm -hmm. Those are not adequate guns to keep a weapon in. Somebody could just come in, knock the glass out, steal all the guns, steal all the bullets. You need to have a we should be talking about gun owners and how they protect their guns and not yeah. leaving them, um, you know, your gun should be secured properly at all times. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, and, and we should focus more on those type of laws for that stuff. And, you know, but this is this sort of pandering type thing, you know, we, we know, uh, you know, Republicans do that. Uh, but we also know that, uh, that Democrats have, have steadily been putting forth bills and, and, and doing work on things that actually matter to people. And, and I know that you have, uh, one of those bills that I wanted to talk about before, uh, we run out of time and, and that's a minimum wage bill. Um, could you talk a little bit about that bill and, and what's in it and what it does and what you think the, uh, the prospects are for it? Well, I'm getting a lot of pushback on it, but just to put it in perspective, 40 hour a week at 725 is $290. 40 hour a week, $10 is $400. Who can raise a family of $290 a week before taxes? You can't do it. Uh, I was talking with Sam Jones and Sam since right next to me he said, Raph, it really needs to be 15. One thing that this pandemic has showed us, and I don't think people pay much attention to how much money and how much work, wealth, excuse me, that corporate America has. Look at Jeff Bezos. $15 an hour for his employees, that's an insult. The amount of money that he makes a day. Mm -hmm. What his employees do for his company and how that has shaped out. And, and I don't think I, I haven't, you know, I haven't heard much pushback from mom and pop stores. These are all been corporate people that have the money, that have the shareholders, you know, the golden parachutes that they were getting. And you want to continue to pay people $7.25 an hour. So the pandemic has exposed, and I don't think those people are going back to work. I think the pandemic has exposed some in this country that when they were getting that money, that now they know how it feels just to live a little bit better and to have a few dollars, to have maybe a few dis disposable dollars. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I get a lot of companies calling me, my area, begging for people to come back to work. How can I get people back to work? Well, I think they will eventually go back uh, if they're paid at least a, 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 a living wage, at least a well, living wage. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, you, you're never going to get people back until you fix a couple of things uh, because they figured out uh, during the pandemic. I think you're right. They figured out that uh, working working three jobs um, just to pay for uh, for child care, basically, um, is is something that they can't sustain, you know, long term. And they figured out during the pandemic that there are other options for them out there uh, that pay them. You know, uh, somewhere where you, you don't go back into the workforce, but you do you do a work from home thing, but you also then get to keep your child at home and you don't pay the thousand dollars a month in child care. Um, you know, and, and so until we fix those things, those people aren't going back into the workforce and uh, and they're certainly not going to go back into the service industry jobs uh, where they're making some paltry amount of money and relying on tips from people that are now, uh, you know, because everybody keeps jacking their prices up improperly in most cases and had, that has nothing to do with inflation. Uh, you know, now people aren't tipping as much either. And so it's, it's going to be a tough cycle for a lot of these service industry gigs. It's going to be a real tough cycle. Um, and I think the federal government should take the lead on this because I don't think the states will. I would hope that the Biden administration would really take a look at raising the minimum wage uh, most states are doing that. I, when I was researching the bill and, you know, some states, you know, they're the states, some of the wealthier states, but that does not mean that a state like Alabama shouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. You, you know, I was, uh, uh, Josh and, and Representative Howard, I was in a conversation with uh, a small business owner uh, earlier this week who has, um, has discovered another sideline that she can get into. And, and it's based on, you know, just the the access that people now have to uh, the technology and the and the inner and the inner and the cyber infrastructure to basically build virtual businesses. And that's really what she's talking about is developing a virtual business. And, you know, uh, she was telling me that somebody who would who had been talking with her about this had estimated that uh that she could make probably thirty thousand dollars extra a year in this virtual space you mm-hmm. know uh and and i I get the feeling that a lot of people are doing that now, so they realize to go to your point earlier, Josh, you know they can they don't have to pay for child care plus they if they set themselves up right, they might make an extra thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, depending on what they're doing and how they do it, and and all of that. I mean, it's just the the uh, you know we always you know the conservative conservatives have always uh, preached you know the beauty of capitalism and the marketplace and innovation, and now that the market is evolving in an innovative way, but away from the traditional model that benefits stockholders and traditional owners, then they got a problem with it. Yes. Yeah. Funny how that works. Isn't it? That's an excellent point. That is so true. I have a daughter. She just got her MBA and she's working from home uh, for a major bank. And she just had her first kid back in October and she is elated. She's happy. I mean, she sends me pictures of my grandson 
every day. And, um, but it's going to show people also what Dr. King said years ago when he spoke to the Youth Congress in Tennessee. Learn, learn, learn so you can earn, earn, earn. And that's what these entrepreneurs are out there doing. They're learning. They're getting involved. And what you said was so true. They're not trying to make the shareholders rich anymore. Yeah, it's I mean, there there are so many things, you know, and they've got them all over social media now. You know, they, they call them side hustles, but a lot of them, a lot of them can be primary hustles, uh, you know, <clears throat> because they, they, they bring in a fair amount of money. And when you you start balancing that out, I'm telling you, man, when you st- I, I've got a three year old right now. Uh, and, and when you start balancing out, uh, you know, quality daycare money uh, versus, you know, the income from a job, it doesn't take you very long. Uh, to make that up. I mean, it, it really doesn't. That, to, to, if we're paying, I know our, our bill uh, at a church daycare now is 900 bucks a month. So, mm. you know, uh, you know what I mean? And so all of a sudden you, you remove $900 a month from the equation because the child is at home with you and you work a few hours a day. Well, you basically, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, thirty thousand dollars easily makes a makes up a pretty decent exchange at that rate, and so you know that is what I'm talking about. And that I think to me it's one of the more disappointing things about what took place with the the Build Back Better uh, deal and and some of the other stuff because there was a child care component in there uh, that I think would have made a huge difference for a lot of businesses, but. You know, we're never going to get there because we got partisan politics and um, and all that. But uh, we do appreciate you. Yeah, and I want you to know one thing for me. Look at HB 702 and 703. They're my clean lottery bills. Um, okay. I mean, do a lot for your first two years of college in this state, our general yeah. fund. Yeah. And it's just a clean lottery bill. Um, and most people go out of state. No, oh, yeah, I know. I, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I have a I have a lot of experience with lottery and gambling in this state uh, um, <laughs> uh, with that legislation. <laughs> so, and then I have just a lot of personal experience with gambling. But uh, the um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I I've read through I read through both bills. I think that uh, the I, I don't disagree with with exactly your your reasoning behind it and and i it's always been my argument that we're falling farther and farther behind the longer we wait on getting a education lottery in this state uh that would pay for some kids to go and get some get a college education and get uh, technical training whatever they you, we can we can put in there um i think your your yours is probably going to face the same challenges uh that that previous bills have faced and, and get caught up in the fight between uh you know the gambling interest in the state and so uh you know i i don't know how you get around that at this point what's more important your gun or your society that's educated and healthy and uh, has a positive outlook on life. Yes. yes. Oh, we yes. we agree. Uh, we agree a thousand percent there, my man. I know that. And so, uh, but uh, you know, Representative, Howard, we we appreciate it. I know we got you right off the floor, uh, and y'all are busy and you're working and 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 man, I, I think you I think you're doing great work. And, uh, and it's a lot of common sense stuff. We appreciate you doing this. We appreciate your yes. previous service to the country. And yes, uh, yes. man, I hope you, you you keep working hard at it. Thanks a lot, Josh, David. Yes, sir. Right, thank you. Thank you. That is Representative Ralph Howard. He uh, is uh, one of the good guys uh, there. And um, if we could get more like him in our state yeah. legislature uh, that really kind of thought things out, approached things from a truly a common sense 
perspective on things, um, man, we'd be we'd be a whole lot better off. Uh, Absolutely, because I think he's doing some, some good stuff there. But, all right, let's uh, let's get out of here. We'll come back in just a minute. And wrap this baby up. Alabama politics this week. Back in a minute. Hey, everybody. If you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about uh, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever. Whatever your question may be, uh, what chances the Democrats might have in, in the upcoming midterm elections, uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama politics this week. Uh, I really appreciate Representative Howard coming on there with us. Uh, yeah. It, uh, we need to do, I, I, I think I missed last week and because every like three weeks I'll say, you know, I'm really bad about forgetting to do, to do the plugs that we're supposed to do here mm. where we remind people to, you know, to send in emails at APW, uh, <laughs> producer at gmail.com, APW, producer at gmail.com. Make sure you capitalize the W on that. Um, uh, and we got to, <laughs> So every week he gets David. Every week it's reason. Yeah, I do just, it. just I go because I immediately think about Ernest T. Bass, you know, <laughs> Andy Griffith Andy show. Dub, dub. Sorry. Um, yeah, we can do some counting later too. Twenty-five and twenty-five. Fifty. <laughs> uh, the uh, old man Kelsey's ocean. The um, we got a nice email. Uh, and I don't know if they wanted to, to read names or what, but we'll, we'll just, we'll, we won't read names. Every Friday or Saturday, I have to get my Alabama politics with Josh and David fix. I'm not from Alabama. My fiance is. He may not have an Alabama driver's license anymore, but he still has the accent. Taking advantage of a, of the drive to Chicago and listening through earbuds, I paused the podcast, talked a bit to fiance and said, Oh, I have to find out who the right wing job of the week is. His response, Tuberville. It's Tommy Tuberville. And he was right. Thank you for all you do, making me laugh and discussing the poor important issues. Uh, and nice. you know, that's, that's us, man. That's just what we do here. We just, we make life better for people uh you know we're givers we're givers we don't take we give uh and and we're happy we're happy to do that uh and especially if they're making a drive to chicago (laughs) which i assume that's what they're doing uh since it says driving to chicago uh they're making a regular drive to chicago which man seems like a like a really bitch of a commute Uh, it's uh (laughs) it's a nine i used to do it you know because that's where i grew up so i you know it's about nine hours man Ooh, that's tough. That's so, tough. And, but, and, you uh, hit, and if you're if you're leaving Huntsville to go to Chicago, mm-hmm. you know it's pretty. It's a pretty interesting drive until you get to uh, until you hit. I think it's Southern Indiana out of Kentucky, and then it's just uh-huh. like flat oh, and yeah. farmland for like probably four, three or four hours. Oh. It's just rough. It's rough. Listen, listen. 
You don't know flat nothingness until you drive across western Kansas, my man. Uh, All right? Because there okay. isn't shit across western Kansas. Let okay. me tell you. There okay. are birds falling out of the sky because they've got nothing <laughs> to land on. All right? That's how bad western Kansas is. It is. There was so – it was – I'll tell you how bad it was. It was so bad, my wife got mad. She just got mad. And I was like, what are you mad about? She's like, there's just nothing here. There's nothing. There's nothing to look at. There's nothing. I'm like, why are you so angry about it? Watch something on the phone. You know? I'm driving. I'm the one that's got to look at it. Right. Uh, right. Uh, but, oh, and, and you, uh, so anyway, if you'd like to be like them, you have something read, email it to us. Leave us a review at Apple Podcast. Uh, yes, be nice. We'll read those too if you leave some. So, yeah, um, absolutely. But uh, it's my understanding that that you've been cheating on me. <laughs> Is that right? You've been cheating on me? Well, I wouldn't With another say, podcast? I, I didn't know that we were exclusive. I didn't know this well, was a, a, monogamous, a monogamous podcasting relationship. It's, I didn't realize that. Well, are you, are you trying to say we were on a break? Uh, I, just thought, I thought it was yeah. a polyamorous kind of deal. You know? <laughs> but uh, but anyway. This is why you got all those ex-wives. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. <laughs> so <laughs> moving along, um, moving along. Uh, yeah, I've been working on um, for the past uh, year and some change. I've been working on a podcast with uh, developing and helping to produce a podcast with my friend, uh, Eric Alexander, who's been on the podcast with us. Uh, mm-hmm. She was on with us. I think it was during... Um, uh, during the primary season of what was that, uh, 2016, I think. Yeah, I think. Well, that's no, she... was it that far back? No, it wasn't that far back, was it? Uh, maybe was, not. Yeah, maybe, maybe no, 2020. That's right. No, that's right. It couldn't have been that far back. We weren't doing the podcast then. Yeah, so, 2020. But, yeah, yeah. But she she came on with us, and of course, you may, uh, if that name rings a bell for folks, she's a actress, producer, director. Uh, was a surrogate for Hillary Clinton. She was cousin Pam on the Cosby Show. That's right, she was on the Cosby Show. Yeah, and has done a lot of great stuff since then. Uh, so uh, Erica and I and uh, her partner Ben Al- Ben Arnon and Rebecca Howard, uh, uh, a friend of ours in Miami, we have all together been developing a podcast that's now going to drop on Audible. On uh, March the 3rd, it's called Finding Tamika, Finding Tamika. And it's actually Tamika is uh, the was, I should say, was the niece of uh, Rebecca. Uh, Tamika Houston went missing in 2004. And uh, it's really a sad case uh, that we learned that uh, she had not only uh, was missing, but had been murdered, brutally murdered. And so our podcast is retelling that story, uh, anchored in part by uh, 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 Rebecca's recollections and uh, as well as um, Erica's uh, unique perspective. And uh, in telling the story, we're also looking at the, the larger question of the invisibility of black women in our society, Mm -hmm. the kinds of situations and circumstances that lead 
to young women like Tamika going missing and then to families having a hell of a time trying to get media attention on these missing cases so that they can then uh, have a shot at hopefully finding these young women alive. In Tamika's case, uh, that that wasn't going to happen, but but in many cases it can happen. And so we we're hoping this podcast will be not only uh, engaging for people, but really informative. And, and by the way, uh, our two executive producers are uh, the comedian and actor Kevin Hart and uh, and CEO uh, and TV host Charlemagne the God. So we're really mm. uh, blessed to have their uh, their involvement and their backing, and we're really excited about uh, the possibility for this podcast to do some real good in the world. Man, that's great. Uh, and I completely now understand why you've been cheating on me. Uh, I mean, if I had to, uh, if I had the opportunity to hang out with Charlemagne the God and Kevin Hart and Eric Alexander, I'd have left you too. I mean, it's fine. You know, that's fine. I understand. You go with the better options. Uh, but that sounds really, that sounds fantastic. That does. That sounds like a, a podcast right. I listen to, to a lot of, um, I guess that, you know, they've all kind of fall into the genre of true crime, mm-hmm. uh, type podcast, but I more, uh, more or less think of them as investigative podcasts. Uh, mm-hmm. Where they kind of, you, you, because you do a lot of the same kind of work doing those things uh, that you do in investigative reporting uh, for a newspaper or magazine. And um, it's, um, and so, yeah, I, I'm, I will definitely listen to that. Uh, and, and this will not be the last time that we mention it, uh, I hope, awesome. uh, because, yeah, it, uh, I hope that we, we, you know, we keep pushing that thing because I, will, I would love for, and, and honestly, let's, um, let's, let's make sure that we, we write some stuff about it too and put it out on, put it out on social media, our social media. I know that, you know, the Kevin Hart and Charlemagne the God and those type folks will have a, you know, yeah. will be able to get some publicity for, for this sort of thing. And, and Eric Alexander as well. But, uh, you know, she was great when she was on with us and we had a lot of fun talking, uh, yeah. that time. I remember that I would, uh, I'd love to, it was, you know, I, I love the Cosby show. Okay. I know <laughs> that you're not supposed to say that anymore or whatever, but I, I do. I, I still watch it. it it's a great mm-hmm wholesome i don't care what was going on i do care i don't yeah. but in relation to the show i yeah. don't you know they, that doesn't impact what was taught on the show and the, and the humor and the and the good family wholesomeness that took place on the show and it was a great great family show for a lot of years i grew up on it and i love it and i think yeah. it's hilarious my three-year-old daughter thinks it's hilarious uh and we watch it we watch i can't tell you how many times we watched that episode of rudy uh and the kids singing the song to his parents on their mm. anniversary uh, yeah. uh yeah, you know and yeah, yeah uh doing you know the lip sync to the, the to ray the song. charles song yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's great. You know, it's a yeah. great show. And she was great on there. I loved, uh, I really liked her character on that show. Well, you but, know, uh, speaking of Bill Cosby, uh, there is a great series on, I want to say it's Showtime that's hosted by the comedian W. Uh, Kamu Bell. And, mm-hmm. and he, and the title of the series is we need to talk about Bill Cosby. That's the title of oh, the really? series. And it's, and it's really, it's a really well done. It's really, I've watched a couple of episodes, uh, really well done. And I think it grapples with, with what you were just talking about, you yeah. know, because the reality is you can't erase the mm-hmm. good that the guy did 
while at the same time, you also can't erase the bad that he did. No, you know, no, you can't. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's almost akin. It kind of reminds me maybe a little bit or at least helps me to understand a little bit the dilemma of some of these um, these, um, you know, these neo Confederates, because, you know, they they want to just make everything clean, you know, mm-hmm. about their ancestors. Well, you can't. That's not real life. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, you know, I can love my great grandfather, at least in theory, even though I never knew him. I can right. I can love the idea of him. But if he did some bad stuff, you know, I also got to deal with that. Well, I think it's yeah. the same way with Bill Cosby. I think we can appreciate the good that he did on screen and off screen while also saying, but, you know, he was still a crappy human being. Yeah. When it came to what he did to women and he he has suffered for that and he needed to. Yeah, um, you're right. And, and it is, you know, it's 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 so it's so conflicting, you know, because you uh, and I'll be honest, you know, it's, you know, and we talk, we've talked about this in, in our family some as well, uh, because, you know, in the South, of course, race is, uh, you know, a, a big factor in a lot of the way people think and stuff. And, you know, especially among older generations uh, here, uh, older generations of white people, uh, mm-hmm. especially, you know, they they base a lot of things of who they like, how they like things, what they complain about on, on race in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, it was it was so odd to me uh, growing up uh, because my you know, my grandparents. Uh, you know, I would assume that they were, you know, we never really had this conversation, but we, they didn't, they were not openly racist people. You know what I mean? They weren't like, you know, you know, they weren't used throwing around the N word or, or doing some things like that. That, that wasn't their, their style of anything. I don't doubt that they were, they carried some biases and some prejudices and things like that. I don't doubt that at all. Uh, but they also employed a lot of, of black people at our business that we ran for a number of years. Uh, and, and I worked, side by side with a lot of those guys. And so, you know, there, there couldn't have been a whole lot of, uh, of racist thoughts there, you know, a lot of, of bad prejudices. Uh, otherwise I wouldn't have been back there working with those guys, you know, yeah. um, and at into the night and doing all, you know, even as a little small kid. Uh, but so, but you know, the two things that always struck me was their love for Bill Cosby and my grandmother's, undying devotion and i swear this is true to oj simpson's innocence <laughs> really wow <laughs> oj didn't do it i can tell you right now they're railroading that black man I, that's i i can hear her saying it it's a at like the dinner table it was it was the weirdest and everybody was like you know i think he might have done it you know i'm just you know but appreciate the move you know but it's you know I, she was convinced they were railroading OJ, and wow. she was so happy when he was acquitted. So happy! Wow! Uh, oh yeah! Well, that you know, she, she's she's the only so far in my count. She's the only white woman in America. Because <laughs> 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 I know, because I'll, I'll never forget. I was working at a at a radio station that should not be named. Uh-huh. And uh, and I'll I'll never forget. I came through the the front door that day just before the verdict was was uh, was announced, 
And when the verdict was announced, I heard a whole lot of cussing coming from a <laughs> room where people were crowded around uh, the TV. And it was know, all man. white people, and they were doing a whole lot of cussing over that verdict, I, man. So that's I'll funny. tell you, man. Listen, I, we, we watched, I don't know what captivated my family over that trial. I mean, maybe it was this way to a lot of other families. I don't know. But we watched that trial every single day. We know that to this day, to this day, we still, uh, my my mother will still quote Barry Sheck, one of the attorneys for OJ, uh-huh. when he was interviewing uh, the guy at the lab doing the stuff. And he was, how about that, Mr. Fung? And I mean, and it was just, and so she'll like, when she tries to catch you in a point when you're arguing on some show, and how about that, Mr. Fung? You know, and it's just, <laughs> the other funny. day, my daughter, who'd spent the day with her, come home and said it to me. All right. Oh, so that's, that's yeah, that's how far this is carried forward. But I mean, so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know why it captivated our family to that degree, but it did. We talked about it all the time. And man, my grandmother, she was convinced wow. that OJ was I, my, I, I, my grandmother's on both sides were had some really odd viewing habits. She, she was captivated by OJ. My other grandmother loved The Bachelor. I don't know, you know. Huh. Yeah, I know. It's the uh, sweetest, most Southern lady you've ever met. Didn't drive, uh, stayed at home, raised everybody's kids and grandkids. Uh-huh. Uh, just the nicest woman, a church going lady. Every day the doors were open, she was there. Favorite TV show, The Bachelor. That's also very funny. I know, I know. That's very um, funny. All right. Well, we're in the limited amount of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know what? You came for politics and we gave you other shit, okay? You, you yeah. go home happy. We haven't even, yeah. even charge you for this. It's all free, yeah. for God's sake. Give me, give, we're giving you some ice cream with your Brussels sprouts. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now you can talk about how my grandmother liked O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> you send me emails about that for the rest of my life. Uh, you, what do you want us to talk about? The anti-trans bathroom bill? Because we got another I one. Think, yeah, I think we, yeah, I think we got to. Uh, you know that's um you know that seems to be well on its way to happening in this state uh, i don't know if it's going to happen this session or not but but it's it's clearly on its way and that's just one of the most for a state that espouses converts conservative values for a legislature that claims mm-hmm. to be conservative it's the most the 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 idea of telling parents what they can and cannot do with their children is so antithetical to what conservatives say they believe. I just find it stunning that this is moving forward. Well, I don't, uh, because they think they can pander and get a handful of votes out of it. And because of the fear of uh, a boy putting on a dress and going into the girls' bathroom to assault girls. And you know what gets me is this. Have y'all ever been to a public restroom? Has anybody, anybody that's passing this ever been to a school, to the restroom at the school? Are there guards out there? Right. right. You know, no. are there any guards no. outside the public restrooms making no. sure men don't go in there? Nope. They're not, are there? Nope. They're not at, at school. They're not. Nope. Uh, so what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what are you talking that, about? Yeah, because the point you're making, and I think it's an excellent point, Josh, is that the boys that want to go into the girls' bathrooms are already doing it. Yes, they can do you know? it now. They can do it, it now. They don't need to put on a dress or 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 they don't need to 
you know, take hormone therapy or have no. some medical procedure done in order to do this. No. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that in the real world out here, if you went to the school and you found a transgender student that was l- picking an option to go to a bathroom, I guarantee you that you would prefer for that person to go to the bathroom of their choice. I would guarantee it. And I guarantee you this, your daughters and sons and everybody, they would prefer that as well. If you ask them, I, matter of fact, I bet you a billion dollars that this issue is carries zero importance to any kid in a school. Mm-hmm. Aside yeah, from that transgender student. <clears throat> all the rest of them, they don't care. They don't care at all. It's not affecting them in the least and never will. And there's never been any cases of these things. You know, there there, there is this case that they all cite. Uh, and, and believe me, when I talked about it the other day uh, um, and wondered just what what are Republicans' fascination with bathrooms, for God's sakes? I mean, they I don't know what they do in bathrooms that uh, carry such weight with them. I mean, but my God, let it go, you bunch of weirdos. Um, it just... I mean, really, man, come on, what are y'all doing? Uh, But there's this case that they all cite, and it's from Virginia. And this father stood up at a school board meeting and and made an ass of himself about screaming about the transgender stuff because his daughter had been attacked in the bathroom by a boy wearing a skirt so he could get into the bathroom. And that's, you know, would be a fine case were it not all bullshit. All right. Because it is. Uh, The boy was somebody that she had the daughter had a relationship with and had previously gone into the bathroom to have various sexual relations with him Mm -hmm. um, in the bathroom previously. And on this case, in this instance, they met in the bathroom and she didn't want to. And he forced himself on her Mm. now. Whether or not he was wearing a skirt, I don't even know if he was or not, but it doesn't really make any difference because this was already going on. And and it occurred a full two months before the school passed a transgender bathroom allowance Mm. in there. So it wasn't even in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, the whole thing is just it's a it's a crazy lack of logic. I mean, you know, from a case like that, which mm -hmm. where the facts clearly don't add up. To just the general supposition that uh, that a that a straight boy, or as we <laughs> say in commonly nowadays, a cisgender boy or young man mm-hmm. would would go to the trouble of dressing in drag solely so he could assault some girl is crazy. That's just yeah. not going to happen. A straight guy is not going to do that. You know, rapes of women happen all the time. Yes, by men and and young men who look like men. Yeah, men and have never just... needed men who are going to do that sort of thing have never needed to hide behind a costume uh, <laughs> right. to do that. No, it, well, it's just like this. It's just like this instance in Virginia. I mean, you know, they were already in the bathroom multiple That's times. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, so just, you're not yeah. stopping anybody from doing that. All right. They're, it's already taking place. They can get in there anytime they want to. Same with any public restaurant. You know, we had this conversation with Stephen Reed in Montgomery about, you know, when, when he was trying to make Montgomery a more open and inclusive city down there. And they were blocking it on the basis of a ridiculous bathroom deal. And, and you know, and this idea that apparently there are guards at bathrooms. That now we're going to start checking.
checking your gender when you go in. It's ridiculous. It's a it's an absurd does, fear. And how does that work? How is that how is that no less invasive? I mean, because there's only one way they can know for sure. Right. Sure. They either got to have your birth certificate and then they got to and then they'd have to do some kind of a physical examination, right? Well, no, how else I, could I, they do I, it? Well, that you could you could use the chip that they implanted from the COVID vaccine. Oh, so, I forgot about that. Yeah, That's right. I yeah. forgot all about the COVID chip. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. That'll work. I, hey, r- forgive me. Forgive me for forgetting that. that that'll work. Real quickly before we get to our right wing of the week. Um, I just wanted to point out this week, and, and I, I did this on, on Twitter, and and but I, I really want to make the case and just point out the absurdity of uh, the Republican primary for our U.S. Senate seat. This week, Michael Flynn switched his endorsement from Mo Brooks to Michael Durant. <laughs> um, so let's just recap this in proper terms. Mm. A guy who was working with the Russians, lied about it to Mike Pence, was fired after 22 days as national security advisor <laughs> by Trump, no less, mm-hmm. uh, was then indicted, uh, pled guilty. To, uh, to lying to the FBI about this. Mm-hmm. Ultimately received a presidential pardon to get out of going to jail, because that's where he was headed, mm-hmm. uh, was to jail. Trump pardoned him after he lost the election. His endorsement was enough to prompt a press release from the guy who wanted to whitewash his sister's abuse at the, hand of his, at the hands of their father, Mm. Mm. switched it from the guy who Mm. incited an insurrection uh, and now has lied about it multiple times about his involvement in planning and helping with that insurrection. Mm -hmm. So those are your choices, Republicans. (laughs) Go with God. What a freak show. Uh, And people wonder why Katie Britt might be popular. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just... I I don't agree with much of what Katie says, but my yeah. God, when you look at that field and you think, well, give me the normal one, I guess, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, clearly she is, I mean, on paper, as far as I can tell, uh, she is the lesser of, you know, three or three evils, I guess, uh, you know, the lesser of three evils. She yeah. could be. And if, if, you know, and I certainly hope she does not, you know, whoever the Republican is, I hope they don't win. But I do too, but, but I think we if, know where we're headed. But if she, but if she is that, if she's the nominee for the GOP and she wins, I mean, Alabama will certainly be a lot better off, I think, I hope, mm-hmm. with her than with, uh, than with Durant or with uh, Mo. I just, Jeez. Yeah, it's uh, something, isn't it? It's really something. Yeah. Yeah, I saw uh, a poll. I saw a poll that said uh, that Britt and Brooks are are deadlocked pretty much, and Durant is behind them by about I think it's seven points percentage yeah. points. Uh, it's 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 definitely going to be an interesting race on that. Yeah, side. I think it'll be. I think uh, you know uh, for for right now, I, if I had to if I had to put it, I would say that they're probably it's a three way race, and everybody is within the margin of error, is what I would say right now, including undecided. 
Uh, I think everybody is probably at about 25% and, and that includes undecided. Uh, so, you know, you, you got, a, you got a large swath of people out there that hadn't made up their mind who they want to vote for yet. So, um, we, uh, we also real quick should mention that the permitless carry bills, uh, have, uh, have made it out of committees in both houses. Uh, it, despite, uh, multiple law enforcement officials showing up for every public hearing, telling people that this is going to make them less safe and going to make the communities that they serve much less That's safe. Right. Right. Uh, and they have documented facts about this. They have evidence that they can show of how this will make them less safe. They have evidence that shows how they've been able to pull guns off the streets using, uh, you know, the, the permits that are required. Uh, but it doesn't make a damn as long as when you're serving the NRA and getting that sweet, sweet NRA cash, baby, we'll do anything we got to, uh, you know, wow. who cares about lives? Um, so, mm. uh, our right wing nut of the week. Who's our, who's our right wing nut of the week this week? I thought uh, I thought Treadway was for the trans uh, for the trans bill. Yeah, that's right. Uh, our uh, our buddy uh, Treadway. Uh, sorry, I've lost I've lost the thread here. Uh, uh, my my <laughs> I'm trying to got to go back and try to find my uh, uh, my info on uh, on Treadway. So uh, yeah, he he did the. Uh, uh, the trans bathroom bill. So he is our, uh, it just, I, I mean, I can't, it's, it's hard for me. You know, what's, what's bad is when I start to type this in now, it automatically fills in <laughs> anti-trans bathroom. When I put wow. in anti, it goes trans bathroom. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. 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 It's just um, it's it's a hateful, uh, discriminatory, and, and you know uh, what bothers me most about this is is that they know that they're picking on a group of kids that have the highest suicide rates in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They know that singling them out in such a way harms them further. They've been told this by multiple doctors who stood in front of them and told them this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know that what they're doing with these bills will hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also know that there is zero evidence to support what they're doing. Yeah. And so, but they don't care. They, they care more about their political future than they do about these kids and allowing them to work through life, to work through their lives with their medical professionals and their parents. You know, we hear a lot about the value of parents and how, uh, you know, how we want to make sure that they're, they're, the parents have, have say so in these things. Yep. Well, you know, here, here's an opportunity case. for that. Yeah. Except, yeah. except for in this case. And, and they'll, t- and also doctors will tell you that they are not performing uh, permanent surgeries on these children, mm-hmm. on these underage kids. Oh, and it's a uh, Scott Stadthagen. Is that right? Scott that Stad, Representative Scott Stadthagen from Hartsville. I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, know. I don't know how to say his name. He's a uh, he's the one that uh, has introduced introduced the original uh, bill for this session, uh, the anti-trans bathroom bill from uh, uh, from from our fine state. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's um, I, I think that's uh, I, I know it's not a fun right wing nut when you when you talk about you know child suicides, mm-hmm. uh, but 
this is the damage that people do, man. Uh, you know, and it's real and they can pretend that it's not, but it is. And um, it's a shame. It's a, it's a shame that we, we value that more so than we do the, the health of the kids. Yeah, the health of the children and, and I would even say the health and well-being of the families because, you know, this is a family matter as well. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's profoundly disturbing. But, you know, again, people, uh, as I think we've talked about before, there's sort of a, uh, it's a real punitive streak that runs on, um, I think, in my opinion, that runs on that side of the, the political spectrum. And they, they, they don't seem to have any problem sacrificing, as you just said, children and families for their political gain and for political expediency. And that's sad. Yeah, you're right. It really, really is. And, you know, I hate to leave you with a, on a somber, somber note, but you know, at the same time, that's, that's real life uh, in a lot of ways. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it's until we do something about it and we, we stop allowing uh, such pandering to be a part of the political process and, and a, uh, uh, a rewarding part of the political process uh, where people are rewarded for such acts, then this is what's going to happen. And so, all right, on that happy note, guys, we're going to slide out of here till next week. Y'all be safe. Peace.